0: Stand tall, stand fast, stand firm media. Hello and welcome to Race Relations Radio. I'm Hank and I'm joined by Rick. Rick, how are you? I'm good. Glad to have you. This time we're going to be talking about critical race theory. Rick, have you dived into this uh,
1: very much at all? Not a lot. I've looked up the definition to try to understand it better when I first heard about it. And there's there's various different definitions, really. It seems to be. Yes. And there's there's an attribution to some civil rights activists in the '60s, supposedly coming up with this idea and theory, but then it's like gotten popularized more recently, just in the last few years. Yes. I can't say that I understand it. Uh, I can't say that I agree with it as much as what I do understand is. It's kind of a mishmash in me the different things that I read kind of makes it flexible enough that you can kind of just brand anybody a racist or everybody a racist using it. And that's kind of kind of what the message I've gotten out of it. <laughs> can
0: I dig into the core idea? Sure, go ahead. The core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism and is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. Uh, I okay. struggle with this because there is some truth to this. um we've sure. talked about it before where where I was um kind of uh frustrated over education. Uh-huh. the disparity because you have a disparity in in income, so therefore you get a disparity in money that goes into schooling and stuff. so that that's a little frustrating and and stuff like that and then the legal system it's a double edged sword because do i think there's a bias yes has that bias been earned yes <laughs> you, you know what i mean like okay. you do the crime you do the time even though it's a small subset of people committing crimes over and over and over the course of their life and, and so right. it makes it hyper inflated because you have the same person doing multiple b and you know, attempted murder and this and domestic abuse mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Yeah. And so you look at it from 40,000 feet and go, oh my gosh, you know, that's a race of people that are just ready to kill everybody. And <laughs> when you really needle down in there, you see that it is a tiny subset that are just some terrible human beings that are doing crimes over and over. But, you know, by the same token, there have been instances where, Leroy gets caught with a quarter of an ounce of weed and gets 20 years, whereas Mm -hmm. Philip, whose dad is wealthy, gets caught with, you know, a half a pound of coke, but he's
1: out on parole. Well, his dad affords a a good lawyer. Yeah, correct. (laughs) But there's actually a story that I read today about a discrepancy, a disparity in sentencing in Ohio. In a county and and the story cited that there was a a white woman who worked as a i want to say she was in a in an education field and she had some control over money and over many years time siphoned off some like over 200 grand wow and when they caught her they charged her with like 22 separate incidents where they knew that she had siphoned off money over the years Mm -hmm. and a Apparently, right when she got caught, she was able to come up with like a hundred grand to repay some of the money she had stolen, and then promised to, you know, make good on the rest. And so, the prosecutor requested that she get jail time because he thought someone who was trusted with the public's money and then betrayed that trust deserved jail time. Yeah, but the judge she got was a a female judge and gave her uh, a probation. And, you know, a monetary sentence. Well, the next day in the same court system, a different judge had a black woman who apparently had a uh, gambling addiction and stole some money. And it was like $40,000 and it was like a one time deal. And then she like gambled it away. And then when she got caught, she went through like a rehab for the gambling problem. And she says she's got her life together now and she's got a job and she came up with like $5,000 to like start paying back what she took. Mm-hmm. And the same prosecutor prosecuted both cases and asked for jail time in both cases. But for the black woman, the prosecutor actually only asked for 6 months to a year and this white male judge decided to give her 18 months. Wow. Now that seems like a bad disparity. I'm not going to argue that that's in any way fair. But they are two different judges. Correct. It's the same prosecutor. It's the same system. It's, a, it's similar charges, although the first woman really had bigger charges against her. But the thing is, if you got two different judges making those decisions, if it was the same judge, you could pin it on that judge being unfair and, and try to claim that race might be a reason or something. Right. But being two different judges and, and neither judge says why they gave the sentence they gave. You know, and that's how it is with judges all the time. They don't usually have to explain to anybody why they decided to sentence how they did. And, and there's some reason for them to do it the way they did. It's really an interesting thing. But if every single court case that ever goes through the system and doesn't get decided the same way, and then you can look and see that race was different and try to blame that, I don't know, you know, I can't say that that's the cause. I can say, yes, it seems unfair and I don't understand it. I can't defend it, but I also can't say it's necessarily racism. Okay. That's, that's where I sit with it.
0: And then we have the 94 crime bill, which led to the mass incarceration of of black people, but that guy's president now.
1: Well, (laughs) and if you want to talk about separating things, how come right now, african americans as a group is the lowest group of vaccinated people yet if we're going to start keeping people out of public buildings if they're not vaccinated they're going to be the people suffering the most is that racism good point no is is it racism to start saying we're excluding the black people from our building good point because they're not vaccinated don't come in Uh, you know (laughs) (laughs) going all the way back to the definition you read I will agree that racism is a social construct because we are all one race. We are human beings. And the amount of melanin we have just determines our skin color. And there have been, over time and and in different places, different situations that have evolved that caused people to have racism. Charles Darwin promoted racism. Most certainly. He, he came up with the idea that whites were superior because we were more advanced and people that had lighter, uh, darker skin were savages that didn't have as much intelligence, you know. And there were people who tried to use the Bible yeah. to argue and justify slavery too. And then there were other people that read the Bible and fought for the equality of everyone, nice. you know. So uh, different people get out of out of some things, you know, what they want to take out of it. But there's different ways things have been institutionalized. You're right, like Jim Crow laws, the real Jim Crow laws, the, the ones that existed in the 30s and the 60s and stuff. And that's disparity. That's stuff that has to be done away with. Look at South Africa, even in the 80s, when the majority population was black, but only whites were allowed to vote. Yeah, Those are injustices that we've corrected in 2021, but we still want to somehow always have a problem. Like we never reach a point where someone recognizes the progress that we've made. Right. You know, that that's bothersome to me. And the redefining of all these terms. I mean, what do you call fair? How do you decide when something's fair? What's fair enough?
0: You know? Yeah. Who gets to decide it, too, is the thing, you know?
1: I, I'll give you an example. For me personally, I went and took a, a Postal Service test once to try to get a job with the Postal Service. And on, on the test, you get scored... And then your total score is the score you actually, like how you did on the test, plus other factors. So one other factor was you got five more points added to your score if you were a military veteran. I don't have a problem with that. Those people served. They chose to do that. Uh, you know, volunteer army today to give them a little benefit for that. I, I don't have a problem with that. I assume that that person is, is going to learn on the job to be a good postal worker, even if they scored lower than me on the test and they got the advantage through those five points. But what about the fact that you also got five points if you were black? So you could take the same test as me and technically do worse on the test, but they would hire you ahead of me to do that job. Where you might not perform as well as me, but you're preferred because of your skin color. And that's fair to me. Right. Okay. That's where I have problems. I
0: think we get to a point where you say, when do we all just get treated as human beings?
1: Exactly. I'm going
0: to say something because at work, uh, at my former employer, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they'll be probably disappointed that I'm going to publicly state this, but I am going to publicly state this. Uh, They were trying to push me through the system super fast. They were like, well, and I'm telling you honest to God's truth that I had conversations where they said, well, look at the climate of America right now. And And you'll you'll just go right through this. And I was just like,
1: what was your special attribute that gave you that advantage? Right. And I don't want (laughs) to just
0: go right. through. I want to I want to do that because I typically and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I typically do that at businesses anyway. Uh I typically fast track through businesses quickly, like quick. I have witnesses, Big Mike and others that have watched me go soar through companies.
1: You're probably like my wife. She's had like three different jobs where she went in and within like one year, she was over people that had been there longer because she excels at her job, works hard and does quality work. And people notice that and they want her to be in charge, you know, three jobs ago. It took me 45
0: days. To Bravo. go from entry level to management, and I told—I remember telling Big Mike—I oh, must be losing my touch. Usually, doesn't take that long. <laughs> but uh, there, there was no, you know, no nepotism, nothing. There was, um, in fact, there was only a handful of Caucasian employees there, so it was almost all black. And I believe in a meritocracy. Like I am a competitor, so. Right. I like to go in on my own merits, succeed or fail. Now, have I been held back in previous careers because of the paint job, in my opinion? Yes, mm-hmm. it has happened yeah.
1: to me. And that's the thing to balance out. It shouldn't hurt you. It shouldn't be something that, that makes it harder for you right. to succeed. But you know, if everyone wants to be fair and wants to be treated equally, then it really shouldn't make a difference and and you should earn it on your work performance and your knowledge and things like that. Right. And that's the difference of isn't it almost like an insult to say that because of your paint job you're at a disadvantage and you can't achieve what I can achieve. Somehow I have some great advantage because of my paint job that I'm gonna automatically succeed.
0: (laughs) You just brought up what I have been struggling over. I wanna make a video explaining that, you know, just me talking to the camera specifically to other blacks should just be like, what a spit in the face to say, you can't get here without us. Unless we step aside, you're never going to be able to exceed your, you know, ceiling
1: and stuff. That's a spit, that's spitting in your face. I really appreciate someone who's willing to step up and say things that aren't necessarily always popular. And I've seen some people that I I know to be Christians that are higher profile, like Benjamin Watson, the NFL player, you know, he went out and made a video and talked about race and the issue of race and everything. And, and he was spot on and I, you know, commended him, you know, for doing that. And I think like, why is it there's so much a disparity and, and someone who wants to say like what you would say gets frowned on. Right. I mean, right now in Congress, there's a house member in, in the uh, house representatives who's black, who's a Republican, and he wanted to join the congressional black caucus. Now think of the name of the thing congressional. He's a member of Congress, black, he's black. They caucus together, but no, All the members of the Congressional Black Caucus are Democrats, and they decided they didn't want him to be a member. Now, what is the part that's unsuitable? He doesn't agree with them about everything in politics? Well, then it's not really Congressional Black Caucus. It should be called the Democratic Congressional Black Caucus. And they didn't want him because he's black. They didn't want him, but he's black. You know, it's like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's politicized, right? Yeah, it is. It's overdrawn. And politics stinks on both ends. You know, it really does. Yep. There, there's so much hypocrisy and there's so much over the top stuff and there's extremes and you know, there's not much pleasantness. It's a kind of necessary evil to operate our country. But there's very few people that seem to go in there and do their job in a serious, honest way. And it seems to be a very corrupting place, Washington, D.C. does. You right. know, these people may be good when they go there, but after a little time, it doesn't seem like they're good anymore.
0: Now, what needs to happen is the black vote needs to get shaken up and needs to start going into other areas. And then you will watch all these little games that are played disappear Mm -hmm. i bet you because if you don't if they don't get the vote guess what they don't they won't care anymore about these little goofy things that they're making up because some of the stuff is just
1: flat out goofy here's the thing i wonder about all of this what about people that are part uh that have like a, a mixture of the races in their in their family heritage right you know everybody isn't what their skin looks like i told you mine i've worked with people who one guy has last name that's german So his dad is German, but his mother's Mexican. Another guy has a Mexican last name, but his mom is white and he looks just like me. You know, I mean, you can't go by a name. You can't go by what their skin tone looks like. You don't know someone's heritage. And then you're going to divide us on these forms. Check this box and say what you are. So like what percentage qualifies?
0: And not all Germans were racist. In fact, there was just a
1: small set of Germans that were a lot of people don't know much history about the Nazi party and the rise to power of Hitler. I mean, they were one party among many parties. It wasn't a two party system like we have here. And they capitalized on really bad economy and took power Hmm. and did some things that the people liked by fixing the economy. And the guy was very popular and people kind of went along with what he did. And he also co-opted churches and, uh, and he lied to people. And then, He went and killed half of his enemies and took total control of the power. And then the people that would want to be against him at that point were afraid to speak up because they're coming to their house in the middle of the night and they disappear. Right. You know, sounds familiar. (laughs) And then he's ruling over everything. And there's only a percentage of the country that are the real loyal people that are like part of his group, but they had total power. And then. You know, other people sit there and look back and don't know the history, and they assume the wrong thing about anybody that comes from there or something. You
0: know? uh, my sister, she passed away, but she was obviously black. She passed away in recent years, but she lived over there. Her and her husband lived over there for years and years and years. Hmm. And she was like, there was just this one little zone that they would put up signs that would be like, "Don't be an American, and definitely don't be black" uh-huh. to go and ju- It was just this little that one area section. Yeah, And she was like, other than that, she was like, oh, these women over here would love you. <laughs> she would tell me that
1: all the time. And shoot, some of my old girlfriends are from Germany. It's interesting because there's another country right next to them called France, where in World War One, black soldiers from America went there and they were treated better in France than they were here. And some of them actually chose to go live there after the war, you know, because some of the ones who came back here got Persecuted yeah. for getting too uppity after they had been in combat and felt like, hey, we should be treated the same as anybody else that's been in combat. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And that's a very sad part of our history that people were mistreated for just wanting to be treated the right way. And this kind of topic would fit
0: if it were the 60s, the 70s. Mm-hmm. To me, it would like this conversation that we're having now it, it, would have fit then. But to bring all this stuff up now, when we've, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't feel like I've had a lid on the jar for decades, and Uh I'm just like, it's just so weird to the
1: extent in which it's going. I think in one of our previous conversations, you kind of alluded to this. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong or not, but you were kind of brought up believing that you could achieve and you shouldn't use your skin as an excuse to not achieve. Is that a right way to say it? My parents talked to me. I
0: complained one time when I came home from school and they literally said, like, you will never use that as an excuse again. You know, pretty much that was the gist of it. And I was like, whoa, okay, I guess I won't, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just put my head down
1: and just grin and bear it. And there are people who come from, Bad circumstances. Look at Justice Clarence Thomas. Look at Ben Carson. You know, being raised by a single mom, being told to read books, and him and his brother come out and they're like lawyer and a doctor and you know high achievers. They came out of poverty. You know, your circumstances can't predict what your future is going to be. It's no. it's up to you. It it's is up to what you can do.
0: And you know, this is a Christian network, so it, our faith in God and You know, sometimes he has big plans for us and sometimes we're good right where we're at or or what have you. And you've kind of got to lean into your faith in in your walk. I mean, it's going to everybody's going to be different. I think (laughs) we're losing the individuality of our nation, you know, possibly the world. It's like we're just being lumped into these groups and and so forth. And it's much bigger and and grander than that. I mean, hmm. you can't just say I'm a black person from Flint, Michigan, therefore I fit in this box. No, I don't fit in that box. I don't fit in any of no. these boxes and stuff. So, it's kind of belittling to have somebody tell me like apologize to me because they're white or something. I'm like, "What?" No, like <laughs> I like, I used to tell people, stack the deck as hard as you can because when I put my mind to something, you're going to need every advantage you possibly can get to stop me. Period. That's a good attitude. <laughs> I'm a competitor and I'll never stop competing until I'm dead. <laughs> then I'll probably still try to compete.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot in the news because it's become so politicized and it depends on the state you live in. And there's arguments over what's being taught to our kids. It sounds like some of the more egregious things that are being told to kids is only in certain cities and only in certain school systems. It's not necessarily nationwide, but there seems to be people freaking out about it nationwide. (laughs) Let me guess, liberal cities. Yeah, they they do tend to be that way. Shocked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And people are kind of a product of the system. Most universities are going to kind of bend you towards a liberal bent by what they teach you and tell you when you're in school there. And then, you know, it just kind of carries on if the people you surround yourself with think that way. Until you wake up one day (laughs) and you go, wait (laughs) a
0: minute, everything they're saying
1: is contrary to what they're doing. Hmm, How does that work? I'm willing to try and understand, just like reading the news story that I read earlier today about the two different women and the judges there. I try to digest that information to see if there's any Thing There to me. And what I often come down to is these things are all individual cases. I don't see a systematic, organized, something that's oppressing you just because of your skin color system going on. Yet I'm being told that that's what's at work. Dr. Alvita King, she's a niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And um, she's been a spokesperson it, from a conservative viewpoint of saying, you know, hey, we're all one race. And yes, there's been injustices and unfairness, but this theory doesn't really work, you know. And, and she wrote an opinion piece and and stated a really good case, you know, of saying it doesn't work for me. She's even called it something that uh, white people are using to help promote the division more than what, you know, black people are, you know. And I mean, how is that? Isn't that kind of like the old days of, you know, the white guys know better and they'll tell you what to think? (laughs) I'll
0: tell you what you're thinking. This is what you really mean.
1: Thank God we have made progress,
0: you know. And like you were saying before we started or earlier in this conversation, correct me if I'm wrong. That we have made progress, and when are they going to step up and say that we actually have, instead of saying what we haven't done?
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with saying we could make more progress because right. we always could. Right. I mean, mankind has lots of flaws, and there's ways in which we can become better. And and there's things where we look around, we see we're moving in the wrong direction. We got areas where. The amount of shootings has gone up. The amount of robberies has gone up. You know, people living in unsafe conditions. Why should a person have to live in a neighborhood where they don't feel safe? Right. You know, I mean, nobody should have to do that. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. No. You know, it's not fair to someone to to be forced to live in that situation. When I talk about infrastructure,
0: people often say like, well, you're slanting it towards minority-based locations. And I say, well... Mm -hmm. Aren't we in America? Aren't we all Americans? And if the problem yeah. is in those areas, shouldn't we do something to try to mitigate those problems? You know, s- sensible stuff, like real stuff, like yeah. boosting education and and having a bigger police presence in war zones, you know, like Chicago.
1: I know over 30 years ago, a, a young lady that I watched grow up in the church that I grew up in, a few years younger than me she became a teacher when she got out of college and she went to work in Milwaukee and she was working in the inner city school district. And she came to church one day and and told us a story and asked us to pray for this family. But a young man, she was like second or third grade teacher. So they're young. You're talking like eight, nine-year-old kids at the oldest. Nobody came to get him after school. He didn't get Picked up. And so she was leaving school for the day to go home. And she saw him and she was concerned for his welfare. So she asked him, she said, she volunteered, I'll walk you home. So they walked several blocks and they got to a certain street. And he turned in and told her, You would not be safe going any further than this. Oh, goodness. Because you're white. Okay. A, 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 a young kid knew that it wasn't safe for her to be white in the neighborhood after that street that they were on. And, and so she went back to the school, into her car, and he went on home. But that's just horrible. And I would pray that that might have changed since then. But, you know, it's really sad when you you hear about, you know, drive-by shootings and you, you hear about, someone white or black ending up in the wrong neighborhood, the wrong area, and something bad happens to them because they're just in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever. Yep. That's something we need to eradicate. We need to get it to where anybody should be able to go anywhere, anytime. Most certainly. Well, Rick, the
0: time has flown fast as it often does. We'll pick this conversation up next time. Cause this is a lot of good back and forth on various topics. And I want to keep that going. So I appreciate you carving out the time.
1: Hey, I look forward to talking to you more about it. I mean, it's it's good to keep the conversation ongoing. Hopefully someone's listening and and we can make a difference for someone, give them some thoughts they haven't had before and and we'll make progress. Most certainly. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of
0: Race Relations Radio. For Rick, I'm Hank. Until the next time, we're signing off.
1: Stand tall, stand fast, stand firm media.